we talk about it a lot, and we all know about the freedom we have in Christ, you know. Well, I really want to talk about what it means to truly be free. And I really want to discuss that. That's what the Lord put in my heart. And uh, that's what I'm going to preach about today. It's the, the title is called Freedom Without Limits. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you, Jesus, for being all that you are. Thank you, Father God, for this very moment. Thank you for every single person that's tuned in right now listening to the sound of my voice. Father, may it be your will, not mine. In the name of Jesus, amen. Hallelujah. Freedom. We've heard, we've heard it a lot. We know about it. We're all free in Christ, right? Christ sets you free. You're free indeed. Now, we know it. We've heard it. But do we truly live free? Are we truly living the freedom of Christ? One thing is to know about something. One thing is to live in that something. I use this example all the time. If one day you want to become, okay, you want to probably lose a little bit of weight. You want to get exercise and you want to get fit. You can go buy all the books about reading on fitness. You may even get your personal nutritional license and become a certified professional trainer. Because you know that you don't need to look the part to be one. You know how many trainers I've seen that don't look the part? Okay, we're gonna, that's another topic. But they have a lot of knowledge on the topic. But one thing is to know about something. One thing is to live in that something. Put your hands together. That's why also when you look at it, I guess that's a good way of comparing how the Bible is logos and rhema, right? You have the actual word, but it's not, it's, it, what, what, you have the scripture, but then you have, you, just how many theologians there are that know about the Bible, that can probably text, man, they have it memorized, but they probably are reading it in a way, and maybe the spirit of God hasn't, be, hasn't become remnant. If it doesn't become alive in you. I don't care how many times you read John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him will perish but not have, will, will, will perish and will, excuse me, let me say that again. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but will have everlasting life. Yes. Hallelujah. But you, I could say that a million times. I can... I can say a prayer, I can get on my knees a thousand times saying a riddle or just saying the words and the words. But if it doesn't become alive in me, if I don't truly repent, if I don't truly know and believe that he is my savior, that doesn't mean anything. I can say it, I can study it, but if it doesn't become alive in me, what is that then to me? It's like saying faith without, it's like faith without works is dead. Do you know it? I say, we say it all the time. I can memorize it. I can tell you that you should do this, you should do that, and you can say, you know what, I'm in agreement with you. But if the next day you throw the towel, what good is what you're believing for? Faith without works is dead. And I'm bringing this up to you now because that's really with everything in the Bible. God will speak something. It's, it's done. It's established it is finished, Jesus said. Everything's, he's conquered the grave. 
But now why is it that we here on earth, if it's happened and it's conquered, why aren't we living that life completely? Some people are, amen, those of you that really has become alive in you. And you, and you, and you, this is also, when I'm, I'm talking now in this specific moment, we're talking about the freedom. Are you truly free or you just know that you're free? And this is what we're going to get into it now. Someone say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Let's look at the definition of freedom. The power or right to act, speak or think as when one, as, as one wants without hindrance or restraint. The second one is the state of not being imprisoned or enslaved, the state of being physically unrestricted and able to move easily. So it's when you're totally unrestricted, when you're not in bondage, when you're not in prison. So now we know the opposite of freedom is when you are imprisoned or you are in bondage. Say when someone gets arrested, they're chained up, they're tied up, they have put the handcuffs on them. They're not, they're definitely not free at that moment. You can tell when someone's free, you want to get up and use the bathroom, you can. You want to go make a phone call, you can. Not, you're going to be stuck in some place where someone has to tell you you can't do anything, then you're enslaved in that moment. Bondage, the state of being a slave. That's what the definition of bondage means. You are either free or you are either a slave. Now I want you to take a look at your life one second and think right where you are. Don't make any noises. Don't tell no one anything. But really analyze yourself while I'm doing this preaching, while this preaching is going on. And analyze. Okay, we all know we're free in Christ. We all know that. But are you truly free or are you bound to a certain sin? Is there certain areas of your life that you are in bondage that you're not truly freed from? If, if, if I'm free indeed, then I'm free completely. If one arm is stuck to something, if I'm chained up with one arm and the rest of my body's not, maybe I can move my legs, I can move my elbows, I can move my head. If my arm is stuck to this, to, to this pole and chained up with right here with handcuffs, this is one arm that's tied up. I may be free around here, but guess what? I'm, I'm, I'm stuck. There's one area in my life where maybe, maybe there's an out of, maybe some of you are like this. <laughs> like, you, you, gotta, you gotta start letting go little by little. Maybe you have a pinky that's there. I don't know how deep you are in your bondage or what type of sin or what type of bondage you have in your life, but if there's something in your life that's holding you back and that you're bound to, then you're not truly free. And God, and this morning, hallelujah, for those of you that are listening to me and that are receiving the words that are coming out of my mouth right now by the Spirit of God, you will be free. And today will be the day that, though, that you will be out of that bondage in the name of Jesus, whatever it is that it may be holding you back. Maybe it could be, put your hands together, amen. There's different levels to this. And, you know, there's different levels to this because we as humans put different levels to this. 
Sometimes you look at someone that has a problem maybe with drugs and you think that you're not as bad as that person. Well, maybe you, you lie and you cheat all the time. Like, okay. So you're cool, but that person's an alcoholic, but it's okay because you get to cheat on your wife. Or it's okay because you just poly, you just poly are the type of person that does business in a shysty way, scheming, and, and you probably aren't an honest person, but it's okay to, t to, you understand what I'm saying. To God's eyes, a sin is a sin. There's no level to this. We're the ones that put this level. So let's just get that straight. <laughs> So when I'm bringing that up is because there's different levels to this, the way we put it, but there's different circumstances that we all deal with. Some people may have a bondage in trust, and that's the devil uses that because he doesn't want you to advance. He doesn't want you to trust in God. Maybe your bondage is you're afraid. Fear is a bondage. Sin, a, a sin that you constantly commit is a bondage. You're constantly repenting for the same thing every single time. There's something wrong there. You need to be set free. And the enemy will use certain things and certain individuals and certain family members too, ladies and gentlemen. Maybe your problem is, is that you have all these goals and these visions and you just give up at the first moment you see a storm. That's a type of bondage. The enemy uses that against God's, against, uh, against us. Because without every, every time you try to advance, you just, you're stagnant. You're not moving. The enemy doesn't want us to be free. The enemy wants us to continue to believe all those lies. Why is it that so many different Christians are in bondage? There's many different reasons. Many different types of bondages, types of areas in our lives that we are probably enslaved to. And this is positive right now. And, and those of you that are watching me live, this is for you too as well. When Moses led God people free, when God used Moses, you guys remember the story, right? Someone say amen. They were set free from slavery. Legit, they were, they were thousands and thousands and thousands of God's people that were, were slaves for hundreds of years under the Egyptian uh, uh, empire. They were set free. God promised them a land that was flowing with milk and honey. Very prosperous, fertile land. So then they found this land from far away, and they sent the 12 spies. You know, if you know the story, Joshua and Caleb were the only two spies that actually said they went out, saw that the land was, was, was flowing with milk and honey. The fruits were huge. The Bible even talks about how big some of these fruits were. That just shows how prosperous this land was. They come back, these 12 spies, and report to the people Ten of them were fearful because they saw that this place was protected by giants. This is the promised land, though. God has promised us this. The only ones that stood up were Joshua and Caleb. And what happened? It was very unfortunate, but the whole entire population, those thousands and thousands of people that God had set free, even though they were physically free, they were not free. 
So why is it that they weren't free? What do you mean, pastor? They were free. They were said, ah, you think that they were free, but what you don't understand is, is that real freedom isn't about your circumstance. It's about that God had to wipe out a whole generation that even though they weren't physically slaves, they were slaves in their mind. It's a state of mind. That's where it's at. It's a state of mind. Why do you think King Saul and all, all of God's people were afraid of this man named Goliath? All of them. Little King, well, he wasn't King David at the time, but David was the young one of the bunch. Saul was a big, he was the king and he was big. As a matter of fact, the Bible's very clear that David tried to put on Saul's armor, but it was too much and it was too heavy. That's a sign that you already know that David's the small one and all the big ones of the bunch are terrified of this Goliath. But you see, the only one there that knew that he can handle it, and the one that obviously we know the story of David and Goliath, how David was prosperous, because he knew that God made a promise. And he knew, and he had the state of mind to know that he can do all things, glory be to God, through Christ. He knew that God was going to have his back. And that's the flip side. Because the other people, unfortunately, they all died. Moses didn't even get to go to the promised land. He got to see it. But guess what happened then? The whole new generation, the only ones that, that, that out of that bunch, because then obviously the next generation and those that weren't slaves anymore, excuse me, that didn't have the slave mentality anymore, later, if you read, they entered the promised land. Joshua and Caleb, the ones that said we could defeat these guys because our God promised it us, promised it for us. You see, that's a type of bondage. When you have a mentality that you limit yourself because you're limiting the power that God can do for you, you're not really free. Because you're going to allow exterior situations to dictate what happens in your life. And what happens is we don't look at it as being tied down or in bondage. That's what the enemy wants you to think, though. You see, your mom, your mom and dad were poor, so that means you need to be poor as well because that's what they've told you your whole life. And you yourself believe these lies. You, you were an addict. You're always going to be an addict. That's what they tell you in rehab. Trust me, I went back woof, while years ago when I had a problem when I was 18. I went to a rehab. I'm like, well, these guys are just making things worse. I knew the word. That's a lie. You're free. You're free. Say, I'm free. Glory be to Jesus. Put your hands together. It's a state of mind. That's why the Bible says we need to renew our minds constantly. I'm going to give you a story, too. And you guys need to visualize your lives like this because this is the way that you're going to advance. This is the way I advance, the way we all advance. We see errors, we repent, we got to fix them and adjust and continue to move forward. The enemy doesn't want you to move forward. He wants you to stay where you are or, or even worse, move backwards. 
You may be saying, but I'm in a situation right now that you don't understand. Maybe I don't understand, but I'm going to give you a story in the Bible that you've heard this before. And it will change your perspective on how you can look at bondage. Paul and Silas were preaching the word of the Lord in one of their many different journeys. And this one happened to be in the book of Acts. And we've heard the story when they were in prison, but I want to read it to you now again. If you haven't heard it, pay attention. Acts 16, 22 through 24. This is in the NIV. So this is right before uh, they were thrown in jail. Look what the crowd did. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. I don't know what happened there, but let's fix it. Verse 23. I'll read it here while they fixed that error. Okay. And when they had inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them in prison and ordered the jailer to keep them safely. <clears throat> Having received this order, he put them in the inner prison and fastened their feet and socks. Socks? No, no, no. Stocks. Excuse me. They didn't have socks back then. What am I saying? <laughs> so now we know. They got beaten. They got thrown in jail. And now they are literally tied up. They were physically imprisoned. If you go to a jail nowadays, you'll see that there's someone that's in prison. They're in prison, and that happens. There's people that are in jail, and, you know, you can see that they are in jail. Paul and Silas were in jail. They were tied down. And this wasn't any kind of jail. This is the type of jail that they had no indoor plumbing, ladies and gentlemen. It smelled. They got beaten. They were actually doing the work of the Lord, preaching the gospel. They were on the right road. Not like some of us. We're gonna, not one here. That's living the life of Christ 100% and preaching the gospel and you get thrown in jail. It's like, really, God? He could have easily been, they could have easily questioned God. We have conditioned ourselves. This happens a lot. It's a state of mind. You trusted God. Now you're in jail. Now you're in bondage. Now you're a slave. You trusted God, and look where you are now. Sometimes we, we think these things. Listen to what I'm saying, church. Pay attention. You trusted in God, and you may have lost your job. You trusted in God, and you possibly lost a loved one. You trusted in God and don't know how you're going to pay rent next month. You trusted in God, and you probably got a divorce. You trusted your God in God and you, your kids probably got lost or lost in drugs or far away. You see, sometimes we trust in God, and sometimes things happen. And then that's, when, that's what the enemy wants you to continue to do constantly is question God and say, look where I'm at now. And these are things that happen in life. If God made a promise to you, you have to forget about all that, all those questions, 
and you got to do what Paul and Silas did. Imagine all the excuses they could have said. Imagine this, all the bruises, all the, these are all spiritual. Man, you got to look at this as if it's a life. This is a life thing right here. Those stones that were being thrown at them, those are the situations that come against you in life. The rods that they beat in them, those are situations. Those are storms that we live through on the daily sometimes. Things happen. And then after, you may be thrown in jail. And they may not seem like any way out. And I'm stuck here, locked up. But you see, the enemy wants you to question the problems, and he doesn't want you to look at the solution. He doesn't want you to look at the solution. He wants you to continue to accept all these negative things in your life because what happens is you receive what you believe. I'm going to say that again. You receive what you believe. If you say you can't, then you won't. If you say you can and you believe it, then you will. Someone say, I can. I will. Hallelujah. Put your hands together. Don't come up with these excuses and listen to the devil. Man, the devil is a liar. And he's going to continue to lie to you because he hates you. And he wants to steal, kill, and destroy you. And that's the life. That's real life. And, and he's going to do everything in his power to slow you down. We say this all the time. Stop praying for there not to be storms. It's already, man, it's already established. It will rain. There's going to be storms. You just got to, man, you just got to, you got to pray that God gives you the strength and the wisdom so you know that he's the one that fights your battles for you. You let him take care of it. And, and man, you, you got to learn how to let God, and let go and let God. Let go and let God. Let go and let God. Anxiety, man, that's a bondage. Uh -huh, you're laughing. It's the truth. When you're anxious for something, man, you can get a stress like never before. Stress, bondage, right? Am I the only one that sometimes gets stressed out and feels anxious? Can I preach? And what happens is you put yourself in a situation, and I liked what the, for this first service my parents were talking she was talking about that anxiety and that fear and how the enemy uses that. That's a bondage. You got to allow God to fight your battles for you. He's the one that does it. But you see, it's already done and it's already been defeated. The devil's been defeated. And we say amen, but now it's time to apply that so it can manifest into our lives. And believe in God for what he says. The way you view yourself is huge. The way you view yourself is a huge thing. Do you see yourself the way, the way that others see you or the way that you've been told your whole life? Or do you view yourself the way God views you? We got to read the word of God because that's where it's at. That's where it tells you who you really are. And you believe that. You start operating like that. Man, no weapon formed against you would ever prosper. Come on. Say amen. 
Start viewing yourself different. Do something different, and you will overcome it. You will overcome the trap. You have to do something different in order to get a different result. I'm going to say that again. You have to do something different in order to get a different result. If you keep doing the same thing every single day, you see that's what Albert Einstein called as the definition of insanity. Completely doing the same thing over and over and over and over and over again and expecting a different result. That's insane. If you keep going through, man, <laughs> you guys understand me, right? Say amen. I don't got to explain that one too much. If something isn't working in your life, then, hey, talk to God, make the adjustments, and stop doing the same thing. Because then you're going to complain about what you're doing, and it's just you're never going to move forward. It's very simple. But, man, is it hard sometimes to apply it. Ah, that's the key. That's the key. Major key right there. You have to do something different in order to get a different result. You want a positive result? Do, some, do what the word of God says. View yourself the way he looks at you, man, and all the doors are going to open up. I don't care where you, where you currently are in your life. But I have no money. Man, God's the owner of all the riches and all the gold. I don't understand why, why, what, what's going on. I don't know how it's going to get done. Man, God makes a way when there seems to be no way. But man, you don't understand the doctor. The doctor said that I have this disease. Man, by his stripes we are healed. Put your hands together, guys. Come on. Come on. Come on. But you don't understand. My kids are on drugs. They're so far away. As for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. Hallelujah. You believe that. And you let the devil know that. And the Lord is also telling me that we need to be a generation that has boldness and authority. You need to know who you are in Christ. You have the authority because God has given you the authority through the blood of Jesus Christ. And because you have the spirit of the living God living within you. Stop with this weakness and this crying and this sadness. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Glory be to God. No more excuses. No more excuses. But you don't understand. I, I, I'm just not smart enough. I have, I have this. I'm truly trying to get into this school. But, 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 but you have the mind of Christ. I'm speaking life into someone right now. You're receiving the same, amen. Glory be to Jesus. The lie is what keeps us chained. The lie is what you tell yourself and a lot of people say, that's just the way God made me. That is a lie. That's just who I am. Lie from the devil. God made me this way. No, he didn't. He doesn't want you to be defeated, not advancing and always complaining and being broken and, and not advancing and constantly being depressed and constantly trying to commit or thinking of suicide and constantly being anxious. God didn't make that. And you aren't like that. You're not meant to be like that. 
That's not the way you are because of the way you are. That's a lie from society and from, most importantly, the devil. That injects and influences all of us to try to slow us down, to try to shut us up. No. I refuse. I will win because I am more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. I have the freedom of Christ. And I'm just not going to say it. I'm going to live by it. Every time the devil tries something, a man, you got to know your word. Now we're hyped up. I'm hyped up. Who's hyped ready to go? But when we go out there and we put our head in the pillow, my dad said this also right now recently, last service. When you put your head on the pillow and then the enemy starts painting a little picture of some of your little problems and all of a sudden you find yourself in this mystery. In a movie, like these little scary movies where you're running away from... No, 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 no. We don't run away from our problems. We run towards them and we declare the blood of Christ and man, they have to bow before the spirit and the presence of the Lord. Your problems are way weaker than the power that you have. Your problems aren't bigger than your God. Your God is way bigger than all of it. Glory be to Jesus. Hallelujah. This isn't the way God made you. Don't say that. That's an excuse so you won't change. God doesn't want you to be defeated. That's a complete lie. Don't start declaring and saying those things because then what happens is you begin to believe these lies, speak these lies, and what you believe ends up coming to pass. And then you say it's God's fault, but it's your fault because you're the one that keeps saying this and believing these lies. And you have power of life and death in your tongue. And what you do, and we talk about this all the time, everything you sow, you will reap. This is, how we, this is how the devil operates. He's a sneaky, deceiving, ah, person. <laughs> nah, dog, whatever. I'm not even going to get into what, how, how, how that man, that. But he's a smart individual, ladies and gentlemen. We need to understand, and that's why we're here. That's why we're equipping ourselves, because we are going to conquer this. Hallelujah. We're going to conquer this. You are... What you believe you are, not what anyone thinks of you. Hallelujah. Look what God says here. I'm going to give you some verses so you can, and then we're going to end soon. I've got, I've got, man, the spirit of the Lord is here. I know, I know we're receiving something, and I know those of you watching me are as well. Hallelujah. Galatians 5.1, look what God says. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm. Don't stand weak. It doesn't say stand wobbly. Firm, bold, with authority. Stand firm. Therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. That's bondage, ladies and gentlemen. Hallelujah. Stand firm. Look at your neighbor and say, stand firm. Look at your other neighbor and say, stand firm. Hallelujah. Good. Let's look at Galatians 5.13. It says, for you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. For those of you that Christians that feel you could do whatever you want. <laughs> 
We'll tell us another preaching over there about the grace of God. And there is the grace of God, but then there's another thing to think that now you can do whatever you want because of the grace. We'll talk. We'll t- you know what? That's going to be the preaching for next week. But through love, serve one another. Hallelujah. Yeah, that's right here. The Spirit of God's talking. Next week we're going to talk about that. Actually, I had a preaching like a year or two ago called Dangerous Grace. We'll talk about that later. Quick parentheses. Let's look at the next one. 2 Corinthians 3.17. I love this one. Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. (laughs) Hallelujah. I want everyone to stand to their feet. I'm going to end it with this verse now. Hallelujah. And we're going to finish now. You guys remember back when, when a couple minutes ago, when we were talking about Paul and Silas, we left them in jail. We left them imprisoned. And now let's see what happens. While they were tied up, Pretend like your issues or whatever the problem is or whatever the bondage is, whatever the situation is in your life. You may be saying, man, pastor, I'm here and this is the situation. I feel like I'm just like Paul and I'm just like Silas. I am chained up. I really, I'm thinking about all this and I've been worried about this and I'm, I don't understand why I'm like this. Look what Paul and Silas did while they were in jail. And the reason they were there was because of they were preaching the word of the Lord. They could have easily been questioning a bunch of different things. They could have easily been saying, why this? Why that? I trusted in you and look where, look where you put me. No, 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 no. Look what they did. In Acts 16, verse 25 through 26, it says here, about midnight, Paul and Silas were, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. I'm keeping my hands like this so you know that well, that's what's going. They're still, they're here praying. And the other prisoners were listening to them. Go to the next verse. Suddenly, say suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. So go back to verse 25. What were they doing before everyone's chains were loose? Praying and singing, worshiping, giving thanks. Because man, God will break those chains in an instant. You give him, man, you know he's in control. You think God's going to tell you to do something. He's going to leave you abandoned, leave you uh, in, a, in, in, a, in, a, in bondage. No. You pray. You give God thanks. You let him know, man, God, regardless of the situation that I'm going through, I know you're going to make a way. I, I trust in you, Lord. I know I'm in your hands. You fight my battles for me, my God. No weapon formed against me. I may be in jail, but I know that you will set me free. Because, man, through Christ, you are free indeed.